Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. And welcome back to another episode of Because Money. Uh, you may recognize that devilishly handsome figure uh, since this is sort of his uh, show that I'm just keeping his seat warm for. That's obviously Rob Engen from Boomer and Echo. And he's joining myself, Jackson Middleton, and Sandy Martin today to discuss what role, if any, advertising has in um, the financial media in general and on our blogs specifically. So thanks for joining us again, Rob. Thanks for having me back. I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're still trying to bring that class up to previous levels, but uh, maybe one day, maybe one day. And so anyway, Rob, what is your thoughts on, uh, you, you sort of gave a great presentation on this um, at a conference there in Toronto that we were at, and so what are your thoughts on advertising or any form of taking money in order to give something to a financial institution uh, when it comes to your blog? Oh, man, that sounds like a loaded question. Um, I think <laughs> In any context, take that where you want. <laughs> I think, first of all, you got to back up and say, like, why did you start your blog in the first place? And so one of the main reasons why I did start my blog was uh, to potentially earn a side income. So I started reading a couple of the flagship blogs that started the Million Dollar Journeys and uh, Preet Banerjee's uh, Where Does All My Money Go? And, uh, you know, you start to see, you know, okay, well, that's AdSense or that's a display ad or, or they have uh, some sponsored sections. So you, you start to kind of figure out that, okay, well, obviously companies are willing to pay to get some exposure on these blogs. And um, so certainly, yes, I started the blog because I thought I had something to say and, and, and so did my mom about personal finance and we want to help people with their finances and get better at saving and investing and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, it, um, it it is a side business as well. And so I, I come at it from kind of both angles, and it's a really tricky line to balance, but, um, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I can honestly say, because I, I would, uh, I sort of took a similar path for Justin and I in creating our two blogs. Uh, I can honestly say I have never promoted a product that I would not use. Uh, I can honestly say that. Um, have you ever felt, like, looking back, have you ever felt sort of uneasy about anything that you've allowed on your blog or not really? I don't think so. I think you, you know, the blog, uh, Canadian finance blogs anyways have evolved over the years. And so back when, back when I started, and I touched on this in my presentation in Toronto, um, it was all about kind of AdSense. And, any, and anyone who contacted you looking for, say, a sponsored post... Um, was kind of these spammy United Kingdom payday loan type. You didn't really want it. So I never really went down that path. And so, you know, looking back, I, you know, I, I don't have to say, you know, I, well, I wish I didn't, you know, put all those sponsored posts up like a lot of financial blogs did because we just didn't choose that path. And so I think I always took the path of a Canadian, I want the, the if I'm going to part, like wh what we're talking about is a partnership. You know, we talk about advertising, but it's a partnership. And so I think if, it, if a company is Canadian, I mean, of course that, that's going to resonate because it's a Canadian personal finance blog. And if, um, you know, obviously if the product is somewhat useful or unique in some way, then it's certainly something to uh, talk about and something I might talk about regardless of whether uh, it's a sponsored post or a brand partnership or not. Um, so, you know, I kind of look at, the, at that end. I'm looking for a partner that... 
you know, if if I put myself in the advertiser's shoes, if they're looking for kind of a blogger outreach campaign, and I'll say, well, well, here's what I can do for you, and I'm gonna I can write this myself, not your, you know, someone you paid on Fiverr to crunch together 400 words. I'll write it myself. I'll use some of the things I've learned from writing for for the Toronto Star to make this story somewhat relevant and interesting to readers. Uh, yes, I'm talking about the product or the service or whatever, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not me saying go and buy this. It's me saying here's a solution or here's a potential option. And so, you know, I think readers can kind of digest that as they as they will. And some will say, well, this is a, an advertorial, and I don't like it. And some will say, um, thanks for the info. So, you know what? Uh, and then, if you, I guess I would say, if you don't like that aspect of blogging, well, come back tomorrow and I'll have another great article for you. For, for free. Absolutely. That, that you won't have to pay for. That, that's, that's the key word there. And before the show here, I was kind of doing my usual rant on, listen, I don't do anything the Globe and Mail doesn't do. And the example I came up with is, I think it was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now, uh, the Globe and Mail allowed uh, a high-end... Um, I forget what the person's position was, but they were a high-end employee of a, of, a, of a mutual fund. I think they might have even been the CEO to write an article talking about uh, essentially trashing index funds and passive investing and arguing in favor of his relatively high-fee mutual funds. And I, of course, just went off the chain. I began typing like a crazy rant blog response that this was ridiculous and where's the ethics of the Globe Mail because they didn't say it was an ad. They just put down at the very bottom in italics that the author was an employee of a mutual fund company, but it, it said nowhere it was an ad. It was presented the exact same way all their other work was. And there was such a backlash from crazy people with nothing to do like myself that uh, Pre Banerjee actually wrote a sort of backtracking uh, he maybe wouldn't use that term, but he presented an alternate view um, that was much more fact-based and agreed upon. Uh, so, if to me, if the Globe and Mail is doing that and they're charging for their product and they're still giving you that, uh, then I, I, my, my shame is relatively small in comparison. If you would call it shame at all, uh, you're getting a free product. If you don't, if you don't want to view the advertising, scroll down. Mm. That's just me. <laughs> How do you feel about Eddie that, Grim Sandy? Or do you want me to jump in? No. Um, so I'll preface this by saying something that you three all know, but I'm not sure that the rest of the world knows. I am overly I think you could say very sensitive and probably you could say overly sensitive to any potential conflict. Like, oh my goodness. So, like, forgive me, that's already kind of the bias that I'm coming from. And when I think of advertising, I, when I think of saying, well, the Globe and Mail does it, and they do it really worse than I do, I think, well, maybe the Globe shouldn't do it either. And maybe the reason the Globe is charging people is because it's a dying industry. <laughs> and the model of getting people to pay for the written word in, in, a, in an era where we're all conditioned to believe things are free because that's the way the Internet sort of evolved on the back of advertising, maybe that's dying and maybe we should, instead of assuming that, well, I, I got into this business, oh my goodness, I'm just, I should stop talking right now. I'm going to do <laughs> no, it anyway. Please, rock and roll. <laughs> I got into this business as a side income. <laughs> um, I guess you shouldn't distract me. They're texting to me at dumb stuff. <laughs> so I'm talking. I've been talking to you the whole night, but you don't stop. look at your sleeping room. <laughs> stop. 
Um, I mean, if the premise is I'm, I have expertise or interest in this topic and I'm going to write about it and the model of the internet is I'm going to write about it and I'm going to get paid by a third party other than the people who are reading my stuff. That's obviously not what the Global Mail does, but that is what they do too. There's no way that 99 cents per subscriber is for the three-month introduction period is actually what's paying the salary of all the people there. So I, the third party is going to pay for all these people to get this free information from experts. I'm not sure that that model, even though it exists, should. No, <laughs> Over, totally worse. So the idea, yeah. So a th I mean, I'm going to stop right there. Let somebody else talk for a little bit. In, in Sandy's defense, uh, from what I understand, I didn't go to journalism school, but the old school way of presenting. Um, journalism was that there was a very strict like line down the middle of an office and the one side was advertising and the other side was content and over the last 10 years I believe those lines have become very very blurred and I don't know if it's if it's uh, well I know it's not great frankly because there's there is no way to completely eliminate that conflict of interest but well I'll give you guys an example so when uh, the star introduced their Moneyville blog I think they wanted to take that into like you know they wanted to expand their reach beyond say Toronto and become this you know national uh, kind of blogging platform news source and so you know that I wrote there for a couple of years and, and Crystal Yee from give me back my five bucks wrote there as well and you know so we're writing from this blogger conversational tone that we were used to and a lot of that, uh, if you look back, um, you know, you, it's bank bashing, right? So you go to bank bashing and mutual fund fee bashing, and then you look at who's advertising on the Star and on Moneyville, and it's the banks and the, and the investment companies, and they don't like they don't like that very much, and so they come after the the editor, or you know, they come after the paper and say, look, I'm advertising on your site, but then you have these bloggers running their mouths about. Uh, that they shouldn't be investing in these funds or they should, uh, you know, switch out of their high-fee uh, bank account and into a low-fee option or no-fee option, and we don't like that. And so it was a really, I mean, yes, Sandy, you're right. It's probably a dying, it, it is a dying industry, and those advertisers, they're trying to dictate the content. Hmm. Um, and it's a really, I, mean, I think when you're bleeding revenue like uh, some of these newspapers are, it's probably pretty tough to turn that down, um, and I, I take. I'm not a journalist. I go back. I'm not going to say I'm the, the the rebel media or whatever, and say I'm not a journalist. But uh, um, I, I put my blogging hat back on, and I, I'm sorry, but I have to wear both the advertising hat and the editorial hat, and uh, and make those decisions on my own. And that's how the blogging business, I guess, will will carry on. If if I couldn't do it as a side business and it wasn't, you know, somewhat profitable, I think I can't remember who says it, I think it's Alan from Big Cajun Man, you know, I'm writing for slave wages. You know, you unless you're writing and you just have like uh, you know, just, I don't think he's been blogging for 10 years. And in, if, unless you have that much to say about something, you're just going to and there's not any kind of tangible benefit out of it, you're not you're not going to last. And so Boomer and Echo would go away. And I don't know who would be worse off for that, but you know we have quite a following now, and uh, and I think people enjoy our our content, and so that's kind of what keeps it alive. Yeah, it's really really difficult. This is why I was really glad to do this because it's so hard to argue from a like a 
ivory tower position about the ethics of whatever and the bias of you and dying industry. But I'm talking to real people. Like, I can't say, oh, Rob, you should close up shop tomorrow. I, that's not... So it's it's a good way to temper my sort of extreme sensitivity with, you know, real-life people. And really what the debate boils down to is how much do people value real, legitimate content that is not biased in any way. And the bottom line is people don't. And I can tell you that from first-hand experience because here's a comparison. So uh, I never missed an opportunity to throw my own book forward. So Justin and I wrote more money for beer and textbooks, which uh, you guys had us on this show to promote. I think we did pretty well. We got in bookstores from coast to coast in Canada. We sold uh, several thousand copies of the book. Uh, in total profit on that book, we made less than, and I use this credit card, so I have no problem telling other people to use it. My wife and I use it. I know Rob's promoted it on his site. I won't promote it here, but it is uh, a really good credit card. It's a market leader in Canada. I wrote one email to my subscriber list, and we made more money off of that one credit card, off of people signing up for that credit card that I use, than we did off the book uh, in three years. Does that, okay. Let me just stop you for one second, though. Not impugning the quality of the book, but is I think it's possible that that there is so much financial writing and advice out there available for free, and I think actually that people are not as able as we are, or as we believe we are, to discern between what is quality and therefore worth buying, and what is not quality and therefore probably shouldn't exist. Does that make does that fair or is that like extreme? No, that's I I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? What do you guys think, Jackson Rob? What what is the average consumer of information in Canada? Where do you put them? Uh, well, I I think you hit the nail on the head uh, with a comment you made previously about um, you know people follow kind of what they believe in or what they want to hear, and so you know if we've built up our readership, it's because they kind of trust our voice and. And that's why I'm very careful about uh, the type, these types of, I call them partnerships, right? If, there, if there's an ad campaign and I'm going to talk about something, it better damn well be a decent product that if someone actually signs up and says, yeah, I like that, I like that 3% interest rate or whatever the case is, um, you don't want to steer them wrong. You know? So when you get comments going, uh, oh geez, Rob! You know you recommended this savings account, and it's a total disaster. These guys went out of—they went out of business, or they nobody returned my call, or whatever. Um, you know that, like, uh, obviously take that take that to heart. And, and so, you want those partnerships to be something that you believe in. And you talked about that with the credit. This is a credit card that I use. Here's how much cash back I earned because of it. Uh, here's why I think it's the best in Canada because of X, Y, and Z. And here you go, right? And so. I don't think there's anything wrong with promoting that or promoting brands that you uh, think are beneficial to to readers. And the, here's the thing: like when I, I I use this facetiously, but you know when I when I st learned I became blogger famous, quote unquote, <laughs> was when uh, a bank's PR firm said, "Hey, would you come out to? We're doing this product, uh, not even a product launch, but uh, we're doing this demo for a bunch of writers and." about our whole suite of products and would you come out and see it? And I'm like, I live in Lethbridge and you're in Toronto. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And so get on a plane tomorrow, come to the presentation, get back on the plane and come back to Lethbridge. And I mean, that, that in itself probably cost them 
dollars $3,000 for the whole thing, right? And so I'm thinking, like, okay, why are they doing And so and there was no obligation. There was no, I mean, that was an underlying message was that, gee, I hope you're right about these, but there was no sign this contract and this exclusivity and, and do it. And so I'm, that's when I kind of got to thinking about all these PR firms who've been pitching me, and I'm sure they do to you as well, and, and every blogger out there, here's a story idea for my client. And so then I got to thinking, well, you know, here, how can we partner and, um, and, and I could, you can use a kind of a blogger outreach program, if you want to call it that, and we can get this content out there, if I think it's interesting. I get 10, 12, 15 pitches a day that aren't interesting. There's mm-hmm. one that could be and one that I could tell a good story about and one that would connect with my readers, then that one could be worth talking about. I guess, so So check me then, because again, as I said, oversensitive. If I, as a consumer or as somebody who's looking for information about a particular, let's say, let's say it's shoes, let's take it right out of the realm of finance. If I was reading a review, or not, I mean, not on a retail site, but on somebody's own personal free blog that doesn't run any advertising or anything like that, obviously some, some amateur, but who really loves these shoes and says, you should buy these shoes, this is why, this, 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 and this, I would take that, I would, that, the credibility of this person that I've never met, have never followed because I think I like their opinion about shoes. I, to, there's something about that freely offered opinion with no hope of any kind of remuneration or relationship that to me just seems more worth listening to. Maybe that person has never worn shoes in their life. So, so maybe I'm wrong about this. Then, then to me, I would listen to that before or I would add more weight to that opinion than to the opinion of the person who Zappos called them and said, hey, we have this new kind of shoe, would you mind writing about it? And they wore it, and they loved it, and they wrote a post about it, and they knew a lot about shoes. That makes, as I say it out loud, it makes me sound insane. But I still think, I still think I would prefer to hear, I know, eh? (laughs) Uh, we all agree, you are insane, but I would still prefer to hear from somebody who just was motivated by nothing other than the real enthusiasm for that product than the person who knows a lot. I said it already, I'm going to repeat myself. So, so, so tell me, like, no, I don't know. that's put, crazy? Put yourself in the blogger shoes of the, I write about shoes, okay, in their shoes. And, and you know Zappos is coming out with X. You just know, you know that this is happening. And you contact Zappos or their PR firm and you say, hey, I have this blog. Uh, I'd write about that pair that I really want myself anyways, but I'm really hoping you'll send me a free pair, maybe. And, uh, and then I'll write about it. Is what's the what's if someone so the blogger took that leap to say, you know, I know they want me to write about this, but they maybe they don't know have the mechanism to reach me. I'll reach out to them, and I'll pitch them and say, here, I'll write about these. I know I really want them anyways, and so they'll send me a free pair. I'll put them on and I'll write about them and, and write about my experience or whatever. Um, what's the difference there? I guess. That is the real crux of the issue, isn't it? And I could not articulate that difference if you if you paid me to monetize it on my blog. <laughs> I I think the difference is: uh, Are you going to give equal airtime to the other? Well, the the magical shoe that Zappos doesn't have, I guess. Even though I think Zappos has every shoe, but regardless, <laughs> the unicorn. Uh, shoe. <laughs> um, the 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 non-Zappos shoe. Uh, I guess if you. 
like, are you going to give equal time to that shoe then? I guess that's the difference. And 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 honestly, like, you you don't or I don't like the, I have a discount brokerage that I prefer. I think it's the best for investors like me, and I don't give much airtime to any other discount brokerage. I also do take commissions from my favorite discount brokerage. So the difference is not that um, perhaps your bias doesn't creep into the article, but are you giving equal airtime or are you giving a, a totally fair comparison by default? But I yeah, guess... Sorry, go ahead, Cindy. Well, I was just going to say, I guess, though I can see the, the flip side of that argument, which is, well, how could you poss how could any one person uncompensated just for the love of the product dive in as deeply to each to every potential product? So there you go, devil's advocate. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. I was gonna I was gonna say the I think some of the companies in Canada anyways have done a good job um, of building like of no like okay, so Kyle's talking about a certain discount brokerage. And it's the only discount brokerage that will actually give you a commission, like as an like has an affiliate program. Now, is that is it bad of the bloggers to I guess write about that, or is it smart of this brokerage to say we've got something here, we've got this low cost, nobody can beat us on the fees, and I'm going to turn that into a program to, so that people talk about it. Right, and so, and, and I think ING slash Tangerine has done that very well over the last ten years, is with their Orange Key. I mean, how many blogs have use my Orange Key? You get twenty five, I get twenty five, right? And so, I think the good companies uh, are the companies that have done a good job with that. They have a good product. Uh, if the product was shitty, nobody would talk about it, right? So, in, in Kyle's defense, he thinks it's the best. Um, it's the best for a certain investor or for a certain reason, and if it wasn't, nobody would talk about it. Okay. And I do post negative Very comments. Good. I don't. I don't shy away from hitting enter on any comments on my reviews. I will often defend what I've said, but I. I don't uh, unless there's vulgarity involved, of course. But I don't. Uh, I don't shy away from publishing people's comments. So, if they want to trash the product, the the advertiser has to know that that's part of the deal when they look at my blog. Did you guys read in the Globe and Mail uh, this week about um, it was about John Oliver and his um, so he's got the last week tonight on HBO he left the Daily Show uh, Stephen Colbert did the Colbert Report and now is uh, late night mm -hmm. and they talked about kind of the difference there and HBO is subscription based and no commercials yeah, and so yeah, therefore no product placement and so they were talking about um, the way John Oliver can treat. Bud, uh, Budweiser, I think he called a, if a if a nickel could <laughs> if a nickel could piss, it would be Budweiser, and so and you can't say that on the comedy or on Comedy Central or of course on uh, CBS, right? Whereas um, uh, Colbert was told explicitly, you need to do some light product placement throughout your show, and you have to be okay with that. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting the way and John Oliver was probably more of the opinion like Sandy, where I don't want to have to talk up something that just because they're paying the bills. Um, so I'd much prefer this art form HBO and maybe less eyeballs on me, even though I'm perfectly capable of doing the, the late show. Um, I'd rather do this so that I have more freedom to share my opinion. 
Hmm. Here's here's a quick question for you guys. Like we're talking, um, Rob was talking about uh, partnerships and and where uh, he or I have made a conscious choice to partner with a brand or with a product. Uh, say what we think, review it, possibly promote it in various capacities. Now it's interesting because we I tend to hear a few more complaints about that than if I just put an AdSense block up on my website, and I find that kind of crazy because I have no control over that AdSense block. So oftentimes in articles where I'm complaining about excessive mutual fund fees or complaining about excessive, like, terrible credit cards or credit cards you should stay away from because, or credit card habits you should stay away from, the search terms will pop up, and on my website I'll get screenshots of people sending me ads for terrible credit cards and terrible mutual funds. And to me, that's, like, the worst. That's, that's the worst thing uh, because I've given up control of the ad process on my blog, and yet for some reason people are okay with that because they see it everywhere. I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. But. I'm going to jump in and say something because, yeah, I uh, haven't said much, but it's been an interesting conversation. And, Rob, I like where you said, you know, you started your blog as a side business and you were looking to monetize the blog. That makes all the world a difference because, for me, um, and this is just personal opinion, and I think that everybody, I've learned over the years that my hardline stance, this is the only way it is, doesn't necessarily work because everyone consumes differently. I have my personal bias, and I've got no problem sharing it, but just because I'm biased that way doesn't mean that other people don't uh, consume differently. Personally, I hate ads. I hate AdSense. I hate Google Ads. I hate Facebook Ads. I I don't use ad blockers, which is odd, because I like hating ads. Okay? <laughs> I like looking at them and saying, that is so terrible. It's like me watching Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, Jackson. I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> you love to be outraged by the things that outrage you. We need that in our life. I personally go to a blog, that, and if the whole side is full of ads, it's like, no credibility here. But I still go there, and I still read, and it is what it is. Um, my background, of course, being uh, I'm not really a finance blogger. I'm, I was a mortgage broker, and I mortgage broker for seven years, and I build content. So I did more building up of my own personal brand and my own network, and I used content marketing, so writing content and putting out content in order to prop myself up as an authority on a certain subject and it worked so I shared stuff socially I what is the difference the government just changed this what does this mean and I would do some videos I'd do Twitter and I'd, I'd do a social FAQ and kind of turn my content into building up my personal brand so the the idea of putting an ad on my blog is like no way no no I can, but that wasn't my product so I really like how you said the purpose of this blog was, and it continues to be, and it is, but to, for bloggers who are trying to make money, ads aren't the only way to do it. If you've, if you've got a service that you're offering or if you've got something that you are into, content marketing and blogging and blogging for advertising revenue are two completely different things. But as a content marketer, I look at ads and go, well, that's disgusting. I, I mean, the quality of people. And, of course, even how I would use ads to get people to contact me for a mortgage product, the quality of someone who comes through that ad is very, very low compared to the quality of somebody who's been referred to you. So I've built up this whole mindset of ads are terrible, but the truth is, is when I read one of these posts and you're selling me on something, <coughs> excuse me, that you use, for example, Tangerine, 
you, you've got a Tangerine account and you introduce me and it's like, I've never heard of them. This looks great. I go, I do independent research and I see it. I will actually go back to your site and use your orange key because you're the person who introduced me to the product. Right. I don't find that dirty at all. I think the key to everything that we're talking about is disclosure. I think that if you're going to be embedding stuff into your blog, it has to be disclosed. Because if you disclose it, it allows me to make up my choice on whether or not I want to follow through and I want to uh, basically reward it. It's when somebody says, hey, I read a great book. You click on the link to go to the book. It sends you to a page. It redirects. The line redirects. The line redirects. And you know it's just tracking. And then you end up on Amazon to buy the book for more than you can buy it in the store. It's just, come on, give me a break. I hate that crap. But... Again, I'm sensitive to it, and I love raging on things like this. So anyways, I probably talked too long, but I made up for the fact that I didn't talk for the first 25 minutes. So, pow. I feel like it's when the doctor tells you, like, a glass of wine a day is okay, and then you've got that guy that, like, saves it up for two weeks and just goes wild, like, downs several magnums of wine. Yeah, anyway. That's, that's not how you do it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was how we all did it. <laughs> One glass is good, a bottle is better then, right? Moderation, Sorry. Cindy. Moderation. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts, uh, Rob, in sort of relation to that? Or no, it makes it makes sense. I mean, uh, certainly, Sandy's for someone like Sandy or Jackson. You are the product. Uh, it doesn't make sense to do this kind of uh, advertising, and or any kind of advertising that doesn't direct them back to, <clears throat> excuse me, to contact yourself. And so. Uh, yes, there are very different, uh, you know, ways to, you know, as a blogger, there's w a lot of different ways to make money or to monetize it. Uh, a lot of it is kind of the service that you provide, uh, mortgage broker, financial planner, whatever. And then the other is on on the content side, uh, brand partnerships. There's a number of ways to skin the cat, and I think you have to look at kind of what, you know, what, what are you trying to accomplish with your blog um, you know, certain advertising absolutely will uh, will turn off readers, just like you said, Jackson. And um, you have to be willing, I guess, to either live with that. Maybe we'd have more subscribers if I had if we were completely ad free. And then, so what? Maybe instead of five thousand, we'd have ten thousand subscribers. And then, so what would that mean? Okay, so what's the trade off of losing five thousand people? Well, we can make a consistent income so that I can put food on the table. Okay. Sounds you know. reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to say, I mean, what does sound reasonable? And if I and if I actually promoted, or wrote about, or allowed other people to or companies to write about the all of the content and all the pitches that are ever sent to me, I wouldn't have. Near, I, I, everyone would leave, yeah. right? Um, so you have to be very careful, and it, it is that fine line of uh, advertising versus or the business side versus editorial. Uh, choosing the best partners that you can, finding the hook for the readers. Okay, well, why does a reader of Boomer and Echo care that you're writing about this? Well, not only is it worth talking about, but uh, because you're a Boomer and Echo reader, you get a discount off of it, or you get, you know, a, a little bonus. So, you know, find a way to make it work for the reader as well. On a, on a lighter note here, to uh, sort of wrap things up, I thought I'd throw it out. I don't know if, if uh, Sandy and Jackson have ever gotten funny advertising or maybe insulting advertising pitches before. Uh, the best one I've done, and I actually did this, uh, was I got a person from Walmart was being paid to promote their new uh, Dyson vacuum, and it was some uh, discount model that they were aiming at millennials. 
And uh, they were like, would you be interested in reviewing this? And I'm like, who the hell comes to my site to learn about vacuums? Like, I have really... I mean, I do most of the vacuuming in the house, but other than that, the expertise is... Uh, like, who has expertise in vacuuming? Like, oh, I've tried it on different surfaces and, like, in different homes and with cats or dogs. I don't know. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, sure, we're having a contest, so I will obviously need a review uh, copy, and I want to give one away to my readers. So I got it, and it's good. It's I, From what I understand... Um, my mom was like the most excited thing. My mom has no idea really what I do online, but she knows I got a Dyson vacuum from it, and she thinks that's just that's incredible. The thing, yeah. yeah and, and so uh, she assures me that Dyson is excellent quality and has been for generations. And uh, so I write this review, and I'm like, yeah, it picks up stuff really well. <laughs> like I assume better than others. I don't, I don't know. Here's what some people on Amazon had to say about a Dyson vacuum. And they thought this was the greatest thing, and we gave one away. And to this day, we're using a Dyson vacuum. I assume, given my mom's comments, it'll last like 20 years. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea if that's ethical. I, I can't say I've ever used a vacuum I wasn't satisfied with. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think you chose right. Uh, Dyson's fantastic. So there we go. Personal finance blog, uh, giving away a Dyson vacuum in a contest. Um, anyway, that that was my craziest ad story. But nice. I don't know if I could top that one. I, I, I do get a lot of pitches for books uh, that sound terrible, and I don't <laughs> respond to them. Uh, that they want to re send you a copy of their book and review it. Uh, I get a yeah, lot of the eighth book on how to budget. Yeah, okay. and I get a lot of American pitches that obviously haven't read that we're Canadian and whatever. Um, because it's Boomer and Echo, I get one pitch that says, starts out, hi, Rob, blah, 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 would you be interested in looking at this? And then two seconds later, I get another one that says, hi, Marie. <laughs> same exact pitch. So uh, not realizing that it's the exact same email address and, uh, yeah. I actually very, very recently had an email from one of the robo-advisors, an external PR firm that said, you know, I see that you, and they referenced the post that I had written about the robo-advisors, you know, I see that you've written about this, but I think that you, your, your readers would definitely benefit from a one-on-one, -on -one, just focus on one of the, and I can connect you with, and they named the founder of the company, who I speak to fairly regularly, and I thought, I don't know how to, normally I just delete anything that's not like a client. I had the exact same Same one. I'm like, well, I could probably get in touch with them myself, like, tomorrow. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. I'm so important. That was my, I felt very important that that happened. <laughs> I had the exact same. You know what, the pitch that he wrote is actually pretty interesting. I mean, the you know, connecting it to how you know, millennials are, you know, the Ubers and all the disruptors and everything. It's an interesting story. It and wasn't, yeah, it wasn't canned, right? It wasn't one of those really point, horrible ones. It's, why would I single out this one rather than saying the robos? You know what I mean? It, yeah. That's, that, I couldn't make that connection either. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I did get a funny one for Valentine's Day. I don't know if this will show up here, but uh, of course <laughs> But it says... Uh, I want to grow old in a crew. That is days. awesome. Uh, <laughs> it is so romantic. Your, your friends at PC Financial. Man. Wow. Oh, nice. You're their Valentine, Rob. Fantastic. The one and only. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, on that note, uh, we're gonna sign off here at the Because Money Show. Uh, thank you once again, Rob Engin, and we'll we hope to see you back in your seat uh, running the show soon here.
co-hosts maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, thanks a bunch, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involved no ads or other sponsorship, be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.